Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode eight of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. Craig will be along shortly. My name is Dean Millard and the stars of tomorrow are discovered here. We're going to discover some stars from across the pond in Finland this week because we have a, a special guest that will be joining Craig and I, Yoki Nevelainen, uh, head European scout for Dauber Prospects. So it's going to be a really fun show and you're going to get to hear different opinions on different players. Here's what we got lined up for you in uh, top shelf talent, Anton Lundell. Some people have him in the top 10. Uh, he's not there on the Craigslist. I think he's the safe pick, so we'll find out what the uh, scouts think. In the next wave, Topi Niemela, uh, undersized defenseman, and Castor Samontoval. This guy is interesting. Lots of skill. Also in Time Machine, we will take a look at Yoni Yermo, and for 2021, Atu Ratty. Our trivia question, who was the first Finnish player to be taken in the top 10 of the NHL draft. Think back. Who was, they've never had anybody go first overall. That may change in 2021. But who was the first player from Finland to be taken in the top 10? We'll give you the answer a little bit later on in the show. Try to answer, try to think of the answer without looking it up and see if in the uh, next 40 minutes or so, the answer will come to you. And by the way, Craig and Yoki join us on the UFFS hotline. Get in the game where you own the game. Check it out at UFFSports.com. You can become a scout and track the same players like Craig and Yoki do. Uh, then you list them uh, or you auction, you bid on them. And when they are auctioned off to franchises, you make some coin. And some of these players, let me tell you, have been going for a lot of money. This is scouting for fantasy hockey that could and will turn into, in my opinion, big, big business. They are going to be the next big thing, and they are going to be the big thing for a long time in the fantasy world. In fact, they don't just have hockey. They branched out to MMA. Yeah, the Ultimate Franchise Fighting League. This is going to be really cool. But right now, when it comes to hockey, there's only 31 teams, soon to be 32. I can't imagine how much that 32nd franchise is going to be worth because all the franchise evaluations have gone through the roof uh, during this auction process. So if you want to get in the game and become a scout and basically, you know, you go to your local rink, you see a player you like, you find out if he's uh, listed with anybody. If he's not, you list him. And then when he gets drafted, you can make some money. Check it out at www.uffsports.com. Become a scout, track the same players that Craig Button does. 
All right, some news and notes before we get into the interview. The Jets have loaned forward David Gustafson to uh, Tinsgrid, or Tingsrid. Don't know how to say that properly. Uh, it's a team in Sweden anyway. Uh, he can return to the Jets when the 2021 NHL season starts up, if that indeed does. There's a lot of people, and I think there's a lot of NHL teams that are worried about playing a full season without fans. It's Hockey is not like baseball, where the franchise evaluations have gone bonkers. Uh, the Penguins and Leafs uh, with a big deal involving some prospects. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen, Jesper Lindgren, and Pontus Aberg, infamous former Oiler, on their way to Pittsburgh. The Leafs get a first-round pick this year, 15th overall. Philip Hallander and Evan Rodriguez. Also, David Warsawski, a defenseman. Now, for me, give the Pens the win on this. The pick the Leafs get will net something decent. And that prospect, Hollander, is okay. Uh, Evan Rodriguez it could be a serviceable player in the bottom six, and uh, Warsawski is just kind of a, a throw-in. Um, Kapanen and the Penguins, get a, uh, Kapanen now gets to play with Crosby and Malkin. That's awesome. One of those two guys he's going to get to play with. The Leafs had all kinds of trouble. They get cap relief. That's great. Uh, but for me, this is, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins picking up a top six player. For, you know, I don't know what Philip Hollander is going to be like, but I don't think Evan Rodriguez and David Warsawski are going to make the Penguins really feel bad about trading them. That first round pick, who knows? That is kind of the wild card in the deal. But I guess for everybody knowing the Leafs were in cap help, to get a first round pick and a, a serviceable prospect and a bottom six forward, that's pretty good. I still give the Penguins the win and uh, the u18 team for usa hockey has a new coaching staff the previous dudes took jobs in the ahl so the new bench bosses are dan muse formerly an assistant with the nashville predators dan Hynote, former nhler and mike leone also a sat in the liga has signed nick merkley to a one-year deal with an out clause to return to the nhl he's a restricted free agent and was one part of the return for taylor hall in new jersey he spent most of his Three pro seasons in the American Hockey League. All right, let's get into the nuts and bolts. We'll bring Craig and Yoki into the conversation next. Here he is. The director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. All right, uh, as we bring in the gentlemen, let's give you the vital stats on the players we will be discussing today. Anton Lundell, a center uh, with HIFK in Helsinki. He's from Espoo, Finland, 6'1". 187 pounds, 44 games, 10 goals, 18 assists, 28 points in the league up. He's ranked 16th on the Craigslist. 
Tarkaa kuitenkin Junttila lavasta ohi. Topi Niemelä koettaa ottaa kiinni. Lopulta onnistuu. Sitten loistava kuvio! Topi Niemelä, defenseman with Carpat. It's from Ulu, Finland. 5'10 and a half, 154 pounds. I really don't know what these guys are saying in these clips, so I uh, hope they actually make sense. Uh, he had uh, one goal, six assists for seven points in 43 games. He is ranked 46th on the Craigslist. And I couldn't really find anything for Casper uh, Simontaival, a right winger from Tapera in the U20 league. He's from Tampier, Finland, 5'9", 177 pounds. Really good numbers in the U20 league. 48, goal, uh, 48 games, 25 assists, 32 25 goals, 32 assists for 57 points. He's ranked 51st on the Craig's list. And in Time Machine, your hint is it's a current Dallas star compared to a Finnish defenseman. And for 2021, we'll take a look at Atu Ratty. Pocket picks his pocket. In on Fane, the shot, he scores! Let's check out some top shelf talent. Off the bar and in over the glove hand. Another rifle shot up to the upper right hand corner. That's a beautiful goal right there. Holy smokes. Top shelf! As we explore first round potential. From the Halifax Mooseheads, Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon through traffic! A very special edition of uh, Top Shelf Talent, the next wave and time machine here on Track in the Draft uh, with Craig Button because we have a special guest with us. Uh, the head European scout for Dauber Prospects, Yoki Nevelainen is joining us. Yoki, thanks very much and welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on this show. Well, I can say Craig uh, uh, highly recommended you to join us on this program. So, uh, you know, Craig, I know you were certainly excited about Yoki joining us on the show. Well, uh, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, it's our honor to have you on, Yoki. And, uh, I mean, you know the players. You you watch them lots. So, you know, I know this is that uh, I say it all the time. We, we, you learn from so many other people. You hear what their thoughts are on players. You hear how they look at a player, and then it opens up your eyes, and it opens up uh, your mind to, okay, I better watch for that, or I better watch this player. So uh, Yoki is uh, somebody that I is really valuable uh, with respect to his uh, knowledge on, on the prospects in Europe and specifically in Finland. All right, so let's get started. And our top shelf talent today is Anton Lundell, a center uh, in uh, Helsinki, ranked 16th on uh, the Craigslist. And uh, Yoki, everything I've read about him starts with his defensive game and just, you know, how exceptionally he is at that. What are the specific things that you like about his game on the defensive side of the puck? Well, I think the most important thing is his uh, ability to read the plays and also anticipate the plays. So he's always ready for the next play, whatever it may be. He seems to be in the right position, uh, ready uh, to support his teammates, no matter what the play really is. Uh, so I think that's the, that's the most important thing. You don't 
necessarily notice it uh, unless you're really paying attention to the game he plays. But he's always in the right position, always ready for the next play. And and I think that's the main attribute that helps with his all-around game. Craig, uh, I, he's ranked 16 for you. I've seen others in the uh, top 10 list, and, and we talk about uh, scouting is always subjective. Is there anything that you think is keeping him from being a top 10 pick? Well, he very well could be a top 10 pick because as Yoki talks about is, is that he is so smart and he's a centerman that knows how to use his wingers. He knows, you know, when to get them the puck. He knows, as Yoki says, to be in the right places. You know, I, I've looked at him and I really like Anton. I like the way he plays. I love the way he thinks. I like the way he competes. And, you know, my, my question, and it's just a question, it's not even a concern, is that how much offense is there? Yoki, he, he, he reminds me the comparable player, type of player that I've used with him is, is Philip Deneau. Now, Philip Deneau is a, is a terrific defensive forward. And, you know, and saying that he had 50, I think he had 53 points this season. So it's certainly not uh, anything negative uh, on Anton Lundell, but, but that would be my only question. So what I would like to hear is, is, what does Yoki think about his offense? And, you know, am I not giving him enough credit for being as good a player like Philip Deneau? Everybody would love a Philip Deneau on their team. Yeah, well, I think uh, it really affects because he was playing a defensive role, a bottom six role last season. Didn't really get a chance to play that offensive role and and didn't really have any good line mates. He had that good end of the season and I think if the playoffs had happened we would have seen more offense out of him uh, but because the season was cut short at a time when he was really starting to find his game uh, I think that leaves some question marks for for the offensive upside but uh, I personally compare him more to Mikko Koivu and I also see a lot of Ryan O'Reilly in his game I think there are a lot of similarities with the way he plays the game than what Aaron O'Reilly plays. So, uh, uh, yeah, I can definitely also see the Dano comparison there, but I think there's just a little bit more of offensive upside. So maybe in the 60 to 65 point range instead of 50 to 55. Well, I, I, I just got to say this, though. I mean, I love Miko Koivu. I love Ryan O'Reilly. And certainly when, when, you, when you use that comparable, Yoke, I don't sit there and go, oh, no, I don't see that. Like, I can see why you would use those players because, you know, you talk about two players that have a great mind for the game and are always in the right places. Miko and Ryan O'Reilly are exactly those players. Well, and the the thing about both of those guys is they're they're both really really strong, and and he was one of the older players in the draft and has some good size. Uh, how is his strength against the men in uh, in the Liga? I think it's been improving a lot, and he still has room to grow. Uh, but yeah, uh, he has been able to hold, hold his own these past couple of years, actually. So I don't see any issues with that. He's going to add a bit more muscle uh, over the next year before then eventually jumping to the NHL a year from now, I think. So, uh, yeah, I, there's still a bit more room uh, to grow, but he's he's getting there. 
Craig, uh, when you look at uh, this guy, and we, we talked about um, the, maybe the offensive numbers not being there as being maybe a younger player playing about against men, but what do you like about his offensive package that is already there to be able Listen, to score 50 points in the NHL is still a pretty good accomplishment these days. He's very smart in the defensive end. Does he show that IQ in the offensive end as well? Well, I think that, you know, from the first time I've watched Anton play at a young age, you know, like offense, sometimes we, we, we equate it to how many points a player gets. But, you know, if you go back and, and, and to Yoke's point, you go back to when he's played on the national teams and he's had good wingers, you know, he knows when to get those players the puck and how to get them the puck. And, you know, th- that becomes really significant for offense as well. It may not show up in big numbers, but what it shows up in is, is those players are able to take advantage because he is so smart and he is capable of understanding, okay, Oh, I know where he is. Get him the puck there. Or I got to support the play here so we can take advantage offensively. And, and that's where the that's where the big mind, I think, comes into play uh, for, for good players. And certainly with Anton, and certainly with Anton. Yoki, um, sometimes players get put in uh, kind of generic lists about a draft. It, 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 the safe pick is something I've heard. Do you think Anton Lundell is the uh, that quote unquote safe pick in the uh, in the NHL draft first round? Yeah, I, I do think so because he's so mature already, so close to the NHL already. I think he's one of the most. Uh, NHL-ready players out of this draft class. So you don't need to project uh, five years into the future. Uh, you can project next season, uh, a year from now. That's when he's going to jump to the NHL. So there's definitely less risk with a guy like that who, who is closer to the NHL already. Craig, what do you see as the floor uh, and kind of the ceiling? Like, you know, what's the minimum you think this player can turn out to be? And, and you know, what's the home run that he turns out to be? Well, why don't we just go with what Yoki just said? So the I guess the floor would be Philip Deneau. And if, if he's Ryan O'Reilly, I mean, we're talking about <laughs> one of the best two-way players in the game. And, and Miko Koivu, like, I mean, uh, he, he may not have had the same ability to play in the playoffs, but Miko Koivu and every – Every single game I've ever watched him play. And I've watched Miko play since he was 14, believe it or not, because he was in that TPS program. Every I don't think I've ever seen a game where Miko Koivu wasn't incredibly competitive and just doing everything he could to help a team win. So that's what you're getting with Anton. And and I agree. Like and he like I'm not saying he can play like he will be in the NHL next year, but he's one of those players that's closer to the NHL than further away. Yoki, we, you know, I think you guys threw out some great comparisons, uh, you know, O'Reilly, Deneau, Miko Koivu. And I've, I've heard people say there's aspects of his game similar to Bergeron and Datsuk for their defensive play. And maybe that's a little bit on the high end. But when you talk about Miko Koivu being a great comparison, do the Minnesota Wild not scream uh, that this player should be drafted and, and then, you know, Koivu can mentor as long as he's going to be there? Is, or is that just too simplistic? Well, I, I do think that they have the ninth overall pick, so I think that's definitely in, in the Anton Lundel range. Uh, I could definitely see them taking him, especially with the uh, big need they have down the middle. Uh, he may not be that uh, number one center that they need, but if he can be a great number two center, I, I think taking him at nine makes a lot of sense. 
Well, I can only tell you this. On August the 10th, I did a mock draft. Uh, and, and that's just, I mean, I try to look at where a team has needs and where a player might be a nice fit. And, and at number nine, I had the Minnesota Wild drafting Anton Lundell. Time for the next wave. Score! Braden Point got it done. 35 seconds into overtime. There are great players. Ryan O'Reilly, come get the Consmite Trophy. Superstars. Puck up three, score! Between Bergeron, who tied the game and won it in overtime. Even Hall of Famers after the first round. Becky scores! Moving on to the next wave now, players uh, outside of the top 40 on the Craigslist. And uh, the first guy we're going to chat about is Topi Niemela, defenseman with Carpat, ranked 46th on the Craigslist. And Yoki, was it a surprise that he played most of the year in the Liga? And what was the improvement like as the year went on for this guy? Yeah, it was definitely a big surprise to everyone, uh, even himself. Uh, I talked to him uh, in the uh, at the second half of the season, and I talked to his coach as well, and he was basically the number nine guy on their depth chart at preseason. And then uh, there was one injury that opened the door for him, and he just forced them to keep him all season long. Uh, he kept playing really, really well all season and improving every day. I think that's the most important thing. that He, he made mistakes, but he learned from those every game. And he's more of a puck mover by heart, but since he was forced or got to play in the Liga at 17, he had to play a safer, more defensive role. And that really shows up with his numbers. They don't look flashy and his play is not flashy, uh, but he's a really good puck mover nonetheless. Yeah, Craig, from the small sample size that I watched online, uh, it, it seems that he loves to move the puck, either passing it or especially jumping into the play, moving the puck up ice or or pinching down low. Is skating one of his biggest strengths in your mind? Well, his skating is is good, but but he's also really confident and, and really smart. And you, you hear Yoki talk about how when, when you're playing in the in the SM Liga and you're asked as a 17-year-old, you can't do the same things against the older players that you might be able to do against your age group. And I, one of the things that really impressed me about Topi is, is that, you know, when he's in his age group, I mean, he, he, he runs things as a defenseman. But, you know, in the SM Liga, he had to take on a different role. He didn't become any he didn't become any less smart. He moves the puck. He's smart. He understands what, what he's got to do in the game. But, you know, it's the mind. I, like he, he's always ready for the like Yoki used the, the term earlier, next play. Well, that's exactly where Tope is. He, he, he's ready for the next play, defensively, offensively. He anticipates the play and he's only going to get stronger. As he, as he gets older, there's not even a concern for me uh, with respect to uh, his ability to, to continue to develop. But w when you can handle the puck and you can skate and you can think, you know, like, you know, th th those are qualities that I that, that I'm looking for in a player. And, you know, l the comparable type that I've used is another Finnish player, uh, Sammy Vatanen. So mm -hmm. I'm interested to hear Yoki's uh, 
uh, take on that. And if, if there's other players that he may see that Topi's game uh, is similar to. Yeah, I can definitely see some Vatanen uh, attributes in his game. But uh, uh, the name that popped up to me is Vince Dunn of the St. Louis Blues. So uh, a little bit undersized, a really good smart puck mover, but also plays a really good uh, 200-foot game. Doesn't give up anything defensively. And I think that's the type of player that Niemela can become in the NHL. Well, Yoki, how do you see him evolve? You know, right now, and and those are some good comparisons, and I think everybody would be excited about that. But when you when you talk about him, you know, playing playing a different role with the men as he gets older, as he evolves, as he becomes more part of the team, how do you see him evolving as an offensive defenseman? What are the things that you see him, you know, and hopefully in a few years doing really well at the NHL level? Well, I think uh, the the transitional play is going to get better and better. He he's gonna be better at uh, recognizing opportunities to jump into the rushes and maybe even carry the puck himself. He's already a really good uh, at making those first passes from the defensive zone, uh, but I think his other transitional tools are going to get much better. And then I'm I'm really expecting him to. Uh, take more risks with the puck uh, as he evolves and starts to understand where he can take those chances. Uh, right now he's playing a very safe game because he, he basically has to. But I think once he starts to get more comfortable at the men's level, starts to recognize when he can make those make those plays and try those riskier plays as well, uh, I think we're going to see a bit more offense out of him. What about Yoki, uh, you know, when you get into the offensive zone, uh, is he a big uh, shot guy? Is he, uh, you know, uh, uh, just a delicate get it through the net? Is he a guy that you think could run a power play down the road? Not necessarily. He's more of a facilitator on the on the offensive zone, so he can move the puck really well. He's not a strong guy. I think his shot is going to get better once he adds some muscle. But right now, it's, it's not a... A uh, heavy shot by any means, uh, but he gets it to the net and gets it through bodies. So I think that's a positive sign already. Craig, uh, what is he like on the other side of the puck? He's not the biggest guy, but um, with his uh, skating ability, does he is he able to you know have good gap control with angles and and as a smaller guy, what is he like on the physical side? Well, he, he, you know the way the game is played, I, I don't worry about a player's height or his weight, especially at seventeen or eighteen years of age. You know, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go into a little bit of a segue. You know, I, I, like when I watch young players play, I, I, I want to know if they're in the, if they're in the battle, if they're in the fight for the puck, if they're, if they're in the fight for positioning. They, they may not win that fight at a younger age, but I see a lot of big guys that don't win those fights either. But they, they're able to to take advantage because they're a little bit bigger and stronger at a younger age. I can't begin to tell you how many times I heard uh, comments about Elias Pettersson in his draft year. Oh, he's light. He gets pushed off the puck. You know, look, he falls down. He gets knocked down. He he was in every single fight. And now that you see Elias Pettersson, now that he's matured, he, he, he's not in, he, he's still in every fight. He's just stronger and able to handle it better. So when I look at Nimala, Nimala plays the game, really smartly. 
And so what he does is, is he gets in on your hands, he gets leverage, he gets under your body, he, he, he's taken away from you before you even know he's taken it away from you. He's not going to overpower you, he's not a big, strong guy that's going to take you on physically, but he takes you on with his mind, and he understands that, like, here's how I'm going to play against you, and, and then he takes advantage of you because he's quick. Quick in his feet, quick in his hands, and quick in his head. That's what I'm looking for in young players. I, I, honestly, I, I could care less about a player's size uh, when they're young because I'm look. I'm trying to project to when they're 21, 22 years of age, when they're physically mature and ready to, to, to go to that, uh, uh, when they're able to handle all the rigors because they're physically strong where they're at. But the big guy that doesn't compete at 18, he's not going to compete at 22. The smaller guy that competes at 18 – He's going to compete at 22, and he's going to be able to take advantage because he's physically mature at that point. Craig and Yoki are joining us uh, on the UFFS hotline, and you can get in the game where you own the game at UFFSports.com. Craig is the president of high-level scouting uh, uh, where my wife cracks the whip. Uh, Does she not, Craig? Yeah, she does. Uh, And, and, you know, uh, put together a pretty good roster here. Um, yeah. What I can see, you know, uh, shrewd. I, I've used that word before, but you know, it, it's one thing to know the players, but it's it's a whole different thing to understand how I'm going to acquire them and what I'm going to try to do to get this guy, and maybe have other people think I'm after that player. She's been really, really sharp uh, in getting the player she wants. And Craig, you've been a great job uh, giving her the information and anybody that wants to get in still can get in at the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. They've launched an MMA division. This platform is exploding. And I don't know, Trish was uh, wanting me to put the bug in uh, Yoki's ear to try and start scouting for uh, high-level scouting. So I might have to negotiate. She might have to do a little negotiating there in in that regard because, Yoki, you've got the pulse on uh, Europe. And let's continue with uh, the next one. Wave, and we're talking about a right winger that played for Tapera in the U20 division, ranked 51. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a run at the name, and hopefully I don't butcher it. But Caster uh, Simontoval is that uh, is that anywhere close? Well, Casper Simontival would be how we say it. In All right, All right, Casper Simontival. Uh, was it a surprise, Yogi, that he didn't spend more time in the Liga this year? Ah, uh, not really. If you if you know the situation, so. The Tapparas men's team has a, had a coach who just doesn't want to use any young players. I don't think they had anyone under 25 as a regular on the team. Uh, he just didn't want to have any youngsters there. So uh, that was the situation he was forced to be in. And now they luckily have a new head coach. And I think things will change. Uh, Craig, uh, everything I've read starts with his dynamic offensive skills. I wasn't able to see a ton of video, but what gets you excited about him when he gets the puck and starts weaving up the ice? Well, he's a scorer. And and, and I think that when you, when you watch him play, you know, he, he's got the instincts of a scorer. He gets around the net. He's looking for those open areas, but, but, but he wants to take the puck to the net and he wants to be a player that, uh, it scores. I mean, so you put him like he's comfortable with the puck on his stick, but he's also really comfortable, uh, you know, making sure that, okay, I need to get open right now. 
and, and then he can. And uh, another player that, you know, has that hunger to score, that, 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 that has good hands in and around the net. And then when you, when you consider, again, I'm going to go back to the size. Like, there's a lot of players uh, that don't have his ability, whether it be thinking offensively, whether it be his hands, whether it be his determination, that, you know, once he, once he gets to that point of physical maturity, he's going to be that much better. So, like, I'm, like I'm not going to say he's Brendan Gallagher, but when you watch Brendan Gallagher, who is a later round draft pick, and you watch how Brendan gets in and around the net and how he plays the game, you know, Cosper, you know, has has some similarities in that 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 hunger that I'm I'm going to get there and I and I want to get there and you're not going to stop me from getting there. I might get knocked down, but I'm still going there. And so that's what that's what I see in him. I he's a he's a, he's an interesting player for me because he's one of those players that I think has got a good chance to be an NHL player and a good offensive NHL player. He very well could be one of those. How did they get him at that point in the draft? Hmm. Yeah, there's always a few players like that every yep. year. Yoki, I've read some reports that he's indifferent defensive to defensive play. Others where they said he is defensively responsible. So I'll just ask you, where do you sit on his defensive game? Well, I think it's it's important to see the progress he's made in that area. So when he was 15, 16, uh, he was a great natural talent. Everything came so easily to him. He didn't really need to work on, on the things on the ice. Uh, but he also faced a lot of injuries in that time. Uh, now, this past season, he managed to stay healthy and he really focused on his all-around game. He, he became a penalty killer for, for the team. He was protecting the lead late in the game. So they were really pushing him to be an all-around, game, all-around player. And I think you can really show, uh, see the progress he made over just one year when he really applied himself to be that all-around player. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Hop into the Tracking the Draft time machine. Get the puck on the move. He reminds me so much of James Neal. I think he's a better goal scorer than Billy Garrett. He's the best goal scorer in the draft. And let's see what we can learn from a past player when looking at this year's crop. Plays like John Carlson. So what do those guys do? They're able to make the plays in the offensive zone. Like Brock Besser, he's got the deadly accuracy. Nikita Kucherov immediately came to mind when I saw him play two years ago. All right, let's jump into the time machine, Craig, and we'll uh, let you take over the controls. Uh, where are we starting for our trip back in time? Well, we're going to, I, I want to talk about Yoni Yermo, uh, the really uh, good sized defenseman uh, for uh, in, in, in Finland. And to me, Yoki, he's made some tremendous progress this year in his game and you know like I go back in time and I watched Essa Lindell play and and, you know Essa was bigger and taller but the the skating was good the brain was good he understood a lot of areas of the game and I think for for Yoni a lot of it was similar to Essa in the sense of like you know it's just going to take time for everything to come together and from the time I've watched Yoni at 16 till now I've been pretty impressed with his uh, with his progress, and another player 
when I look at the playoffs and I look at NHL teams, you know, defensemen like him, I think become really valuable. Yogi, where do you see him as the, as a type of player? Yeah, well, Jurmo is definitely a puck rusher. That's his main strength that he loves to carry the puck uh, himself. Uh, he can create a puck rush out of anything. He'll even pick up speed from behind his own net if he has to, but that that's the type of play uh, player he is right now. Uh, but yeah, Lindell is an in- interesting comparison because Lindell was also a really offensive guy as a junior and even as a pr- young pro in, in Finland. But then he turned into this defensive defenseman somehow when he when he went to Dallas. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not sure what happened with him, but he just completely changed his game there. So uh, I'm not sure if that's going to happen with Jurmo. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, as, as junior players, they have some similarities for sure. Well, I don't know if you saw the the breakaway goal Lindell scored the other night uh, against Colorado. <laughs> okay, but yeah. you know maybe yeah. maybe maybe the offense is coming back from for Essa right now. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> well, and and listen, that's this is something that you know we just talked uh, uh, about a defenseman in Topi Nimiela who took a more defensive role and maybe Essa is doing the same thing for the first little while, a little rope-a-dope and that he gets more confidence. Uh, the offense comes out, but with, uh, with Yoni Yermo, um, do you see an all around game in him or do you see Yoki just a offensive type defenseman? Well, right now he's, he's just an offensive guy. <laughs> he's really trying to learn the, the defensive yeah. side of things. He's trying to learn the rush defense. Uh, I talked to him as well during the season, and he said that he's watching a lot of Miro Heiskanen tape right now, because Heiskanen is not a big guy, he's not a physical guy, but he's a great rush defender. And Jurmo is trying to become that type of player, that he can be a really dependable rush rush defender. He may not become a great uh, defensive zone defender, but if he can become at least a good rush defender. Uh, I think there's definitely an NHL future with that. Well, Craig, uh, w- when you're uh, uh, a really good skater and, and you can use your legs to get up ice, it also means you can use your legs to cover off play in the defensive zone. So if, if, if you have that skating base, does not I'm not I don't want to say everything else comes uh, is easy but is e- easier you know you, then you start thinking about where things are on the game but if you can get to those spots well that's half the battle isn't it well it it is and Yoni is a really good skater and and even in the defensive zone you know he wants to get to the puck and he wants to get the puck and get moving with the puck that's not a negative. I think what ends up happening a lot of times with players is that we look at, okay, what, what are the strengths of Yoni's game and, and, and what is he able to do? And he, and he has some strengths that are really, really positive. And then, of course, you know, when you're asked to do that at a younger age and now you've got to learn some other parts of your game, like I don't need Yoni to be a great defensive player, but to Yoki's point, you know what? Be a rush defender. Like, you know, you can defend in different ways. It doesn't have to just be sitting back and be competitive on the puck. One of the things that I really believe that the players that are really good skaters, really good skaters, you can use your skating defensively as well as you can mm-hmm. offensively. So what do I mean by that? And this is where I would expand on, y- on Yoki or add to what Yoki said. Okay. So if you need to get the puck, get there, get the puck, be strong on the puck and then get going. 
Don't just swing by pucks. That's developmental. I, I don't need him to be a, 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 a defensive defenseman. I need him to be the best Yoni Yermo he can be. 100%. Uh, okay, let's take a peek at uh, 2021. And, you know, we have mentioned Atu Ratty before, but how can we not uh, talk to a guy who has watched him uh, more than anybody? And, Yoki, what is the hype like for Ratty right now as compared to uh, some past Finnish top prospects? Well, it's not quite at the Patrick Line level, but uh, I think it will get closer to that level once the season really starts and people start to see more of him. So he spent most of last season in the junior league. So most most of the hockey fans in Finland don't follow that league. But once he starts to really play a full time role at the league level, uh, I think the hype will start to start to build up and deservedly so. I think he's a, he's a great talent and. Uh, definitely in the running to go first overall, although I'm not sure he will. Uh, there, there's definitely competition for that spot, but uh, I think he's definitely in the running there. Well, Yoki, th- how how huge would that be? I mean, that that's never happened before. Is like is is the is the hype getting a little bit big because that possibility is there? Yeah, yeah, it it definitely plays into that. Uh, we've never had a first overall pick out of Finland, so would be nice to get that out of the way. Uh, we're behind countries like Czech Republic and Switzerland now, <laughs> in that sense. But, <laughs> but yeah. Well, well, I know, I, I know this about him. I, like, I agree with you. He's definitely in the running to, to for the first overall pick, and that speaks to some other good players. It doesn't speak to anything uh, uh, negative about uh, Atu or negative about any other player. They're good players. You, you know, one of the things, Yoki, that you know, and having watched him for a number of years now, but the World Junior Tournament this year really. I mean, I I know Atu and watching him play, but. Once Rasmus Kupari got hurt, I thought Atu really, really became uh, uh, just a more comfortable player because he knew he was going to get out there and play. And he really showed that he's not only a good player, but he, he has a lot of room to impact the game in a lot of different areas. Yeah, it was really a shame that uh, they kept him on the fourth line that yeah. entire tournament because I think he was the the best or the second best center that Finland had. Uh, they just didn't give him proper role to show that. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting because he was forced to play a defensive role there at the World Juniors, but he still managed to show some things offensively despite that. But offense is definitely where his strengths are, so it was nice to see him being able to play that defensive role at a high level already. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the specific skill sets. It's hard to tell uh, from statistics what type of player a guy is. And, you know, when you watch video, you, you see them doing all kinds of great things. So, you know, what do you think he excels at specifically in the offensive zone? I think it's just controlling the pace of the game and controlling the puck. So he he's a puck possession type player in the offensive zone. He loves to keep it to himself and then find open line mates when, when, once they get open. So that's the style of play. Uh, but he also has a great wrist shot. Uh, surprisingly, he didn't score much last season. I'm not quite sure uh, why that was, but he, he does have a great wrist shot despite the numbers. 
Craig, would you be surprised uh, by the time this guy is drafted uh, that they're talking about him as being more of a scorer as opposed to a setup guy? And what I'm going at is, do you think this is a, a skill set that he's uh, he's going to say, I'm going to improve this before the draft and, and it gets a little bit more even as opposed to maybe being described as a puck distributor? Well, I mean, you know, the way he plays the game and uh, like I've seen him uh, assert himself shooting the puck. I've, I've seen him assert himself making plays, skating. He attacks, you know, like I honestly, like I see a player that is so gifted in so many areas. He, he's an excellent skater. He's quick, powerful, fast. Can't knock him off the puck. He's got great vision. He's a great competitor. So when, when I see a player that's just is always pushing his game to a higher level and, you know, has a determination, like I, all I see in, his, in, in him right now is areas of development. So when you ask me that question, Dean, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. absolutely full on board that he's going to only get better in that area because I, I've seen him shoot the puck and shoot it well and be a very good uh, shooter uh, and when, he, when he takes that approach. Yeah, it's great when players are challenged and put in a box and then they, hey, I'm not a, I'm not just a, a setup guy. I can also score. Sidney Crosby went out and scored uh, 51 year. Uh, Yoki, uh, last one for you on this is what's the personality like with him? Uh, from some of the limited video I've seen, it seems like he just loves being on the ice and, and seems like he's pretty happy. Uh, what's the personality like with Adurati? Yeah, he definitely loves the game of hockey and loves playing and loves to compete. You can see that uh, when he's on the ice and competing in, in puck battles, uh, he, he just loves it. Uh, sometimes it gets a bit over the top that he might lose his cool and uh, take stupid penalties in that sense. But uh, that's he's a 17-year-old, so that, that <laughs> part of his game is going to improve for sure. Uh, Craig, do you, does he have a, a physical edge to his game? Well, I mean, when when he's coming at you and he's got speed and he says, you're not going to stop me, and he gets involved in every area of the game physically, plays in traffic, and, you know, like, again, I'll go back. Like, I'm not saying he's Elias Pettersson, but Elias Pettersson doesn't have to be a physical player to be physically strong. And that and that's what I see in an Aturati. Yeah, and he's got uh, some uh, size and the ability to add to that. Uh, gentlemen, this has been a lot of fun. I hope we can certainly uh, do this again. Uh, but, uh, Yoki, thanks for joining us uh, from across the pond. Uh, Craig, thanks for joining me from down the highway. And we can all uh, enjoy the draft world as it moves forward. Thanks so much for uh, joining us once again today on uh, Tracking the Draft. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got a winner. UFFS, you own the game. That was an absolute blast. And I think Craig and I are actually going to reach out to a few different uh, scouts to have on the program with us. If uh, you would like us to have a particular person in the scouting world 
on the program, just hit us up, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. And in the next little while, we'll also bring you Craig's counsel, uh, where Craig will give you some scouting tips. This will be especially important for those in the scouting program with the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League or anyone who aspires to be a scout. And by the way, Craig is the president of scouting for high-level scouting in uh, the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. They have Shane Wright in their stable. Uh, So they identified players, they went after them, and you can too in this league. Uh, So if you have a specific question for Craig about the scouting world, what he watches, different things like that, email me, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. We will add it to the list of topics that we have already received, and then we will end up doing Craig's counsel, and you can learn a little bit about what Craig watches uh, when he is at the rink. Time to flex your brain and answer this draft-related trivia question. Well, we're waiting. You want answers? Pay attention now. So you're telling me there's a chance. Can you dig it? Hands up with answers. Thank you. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Yeah! Our trivia question was who was the first Finnish player to be taken in the top 10 of the NHL draft? I'm actually looking at an autographed jersey of his as I speak to you. It's the Finnish Flash, Timo Solani, taken 10th overall in 1988 by the Jets. Almost became a flame. Thankfully, he didn't, or else there's no way his jersey would be hanging up in my studio. And that'll wrap things up for us today on Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, which featured Yoki Nevalainen of Dauber Prospects, the head European scout. Big thanks to Yoki, big thanks to Craig, and to you for listening to the show. If you're into other podcasts, make sure you check out podcastalley.ca. A few of my other shows are there, and I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please subscribe and uh, leave me a review. Let me know. Uh, what you think of the show. And if you'd like to be a part of the program as an advertiser, hit me up, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. Thanks very much for tuning in to Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, where the stars of tomorrow are discovered. My name is Dean Millard. Have a great week.